Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comments section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Drop the Asher. Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Chris Leppert, and tonight... We have Aaron Satterfield joining in with us to fill in for my buddy, Rick. And uh, we are joined tonight by Bryce Hensley with Foxtrot Ammo. How you doing, Bryce? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I can't complain. Aaron, how you hanging in there? Doing good, buddy. Good, good, good. So um, we recently released a video uh, depicting what it looks like when you shoot a turkey with a 410 with tungsten super shot, otherwise known as TSS. And the gentleman who made that ammo is one Bryce Hensley. Uh, I am floored. I don't even care that I knew, like I knew that it was going to be good, but you never really believe it. At least I don't until you see it. It just really hits you hard when you can take the caliper that you used to barely be able to squirrel hunt with as a kid and go knock a turkey flat on its back you know at 40 50 yards so right uh, pretty pretty crazy so what got you into making ammo bryce well you know today i I was here in my office and i've got an old heavy shot uh poster and, you know, years ago, duck hunting, I read about heavy shot and about bismuth and I bought heavy shot and bismuth, but the heavy shot I liked because when I shot ducks and geese with it, it just flat out killed them. And uh, my son at that time, nine years old, his first turkey ever, 20 gauge, couldn't find anything that shot well. And I just happened to look over at this box of 20 gauge heavy shot duck loads and I thought, hmm. We pattern tested that. I was blown away as 140 some pellets on a, on a turkey target back then for a 20 gauge. I was astounded. And that got me on the road to using, you know, nickel, heavy shot, yep. uh, you know, anything that was non-toxic that was better than lead. And I started shooting 20 gauge soon after um, with the heavy shot. And, uh, you know, because of that right there, I started uh, looking at, what made that load great in a 20 gauge. And I didn't know nothing about loading back then. I had no clue. And uh, of course they had their heavier 13 that shot really good in a 20 gauge and they changed that up and it didn't pattern as good. So a bunch of us on the old NWTF forum, this is going back, gosh, I think 15 years ago, uh, figured out that they had changed a few things and it didn't shoot as well. Shortly thereafter, I was on the duck hunters forum the refuge and uh they there was a kid by the name of kyle smith 
who introduced TSS for waterfowl. And uh, of course, I didn't know beans about loading back then, or I think I'd have started earlier. And because of that right there, fast forward a few years later on the NWTF forum, I bought three pounds off of a feller and didn't know nothing about it, didn't get no help from that guy. And I voiced my opinion of needing help. Tommy DeLiba down in Estill Springs, Tennessee, he messaged me on there and said, what do you need? I said, I have no idea what I need. This is what <laughs> I got. I got a mech junior. I, you know, I've got this shot and he mailed me everything that I needed and over the phone helped me get set up to load. And that's why him and I are best friends because I would not be here if it was not for him today. And that's kind of a short story of how I got started and where I'm at in the turkey hunting world. And, you know, at uh, growing a company, you know, I say this isn't for the faint of heart to get something like this started. If you love it, do it. If you don't love it, you know, and you want to look for yourself, go for it. But people ask me, what does it take to run a company like this right here? And it's your heart's got to be in it, you know, and some people do it because they want to make monetary gain. I mean, I do too, of course, but sure. uh, there's something that I enjoy and then that I love and, you know, hunting in general, you know, deer hunting, turkey, coyote, waterfowl, everything. But the turkey hunting is my, that's my passion when it comes to hunting. I'd rather do that than anything else. I'd chase turkeys every day of my life to the ends of the earth, dude. That's right. That is literally like when you told me you killed 11 birds in one year, I was like, dang, man, like that sounds dreamy. I want to, I want to kill like 50 though. I don't, I just don't, I don't feel like it's ever enough. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, I'll tell you right now, you know, that that's the most I've ever killed in a, in a single spring uh, season. And, you know, last year I killed three and I, I enjoyed last year just as much as I did the year that I killed 11, um, you know, to be able to travel and stretch your leg, especially in this country right now, how the last two years, everything's kind of been in an uproar and who knows what's going to happen now. And everything else. So, you know what, we'll do what we can enjoy it while we can and uh, keep on trucking. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't like the gas prices. Me and me and my buddy were joking the other day, serious, but joking. We thought, man, you know, this could work to our advantage because, you know, gas prices going up, it sucks, but you can do it. Well, some people can't. So, or, or it discourages them just like a big hill or anything else right so yeah um i can tell you right now i'll go get a part-time job before you stop me from going to the places i plan to go turkey hunting just to pay for licenses and gas so we thought man this might thin down the pressure a little bit so it definitely um, you've been loading tss for how long now over eight years Wow. Okay. It, 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 it's, I was only loading a little bit for myself there, you know, I think for the first couple of years and, uh, get just to get a feel for it. And, you know, it grew into something and, and, uh, enough that I thought, well, you know what, I could go ahead and start a business doing this. And, uh, you know, 
it, it's it's growing. You got growing pains. It's like something happens every year that uh, kind of gives you a break check and keeps you, you know, your head out of the clouds and make you pray. But uh, it uh, it's an endeavor, and I enjoy it. And that uh, the satisfaction of loading your own for yourself is one thing, but uh, when you're when you load for people and then you hear their stories or you just get pictures from them and their their kid and their kid's first turkey. And uh, I mean, been doing this for three years commercially as a business. And I, I, you know, repeat customers already who, you know, their children are growing and, you know, some of their kids now a third, fourth, fifth Turkey to me, that's just the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. It's, I gotta say that's, you know, that reminds me of a little story we actually have where Aaron here built, he built a uh, 450 Bushmaster and I shot two deer with it, which was yep. pretty cool. And then this past season, his boy took his first deer, which was a little buck. And yep. so like, that's just like a super prideful thing. You know what I mean? Like how right, cool. Right. Um, and I can imagine like when you see the pictures and everything that that'd make me feel good. That's for sure. Yep. Um, you good on your end, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. good now. Hey, guys. All Hi. right. So I'm going to let Aaron kind of take the lead here on yeah. some questions. He is the uh, the group gun expert, if you will. So I'm going to kind of let him take the lead for a few minutes and just sit back and absorb all this. Right on. Yeah. Bruce, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll uh, kind of piggyback on what uh, – uh, Chris was saying, you know, th- hey, thanks for you know hopping on with us this evening. You, bet. you, bet. Um, you know, it, it it's it's always neat and it's always intriguing. You know, whenever uh, you know you have the opportunity to speak to small business owners, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's something that we've had. You know, we've had the opportunity over the last few years to be able to, you know, chat with you. You know, uh, you're always uh, open minded uh, to offer help and insight and stuff like that. So. First and foremost, that's greatly appreciated. Um, you know, we, yeah, we, we know that you, your website, uh, and, you know, and, and Gobbler Nation uh, out there is, is truly out there to help people, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's awesome, you know, and that's, that's why we can relate, you know, with Fuel by the Outdoors. Right on. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's neat whenever, you know, whenever you was talking about, you know, some of the, uh, some of the heavy shot and everything, because, you know, years ago, that that's exactly you know where I kind of got started uh, as a you know as a reloader and stuff and that's why you know even though that I was having technical difficulties you probably see me smiling you know whenever you talk about it you know because right. I I understand where you you know where you was coming from with that so you know and and it's it's neat to hear that you know that um, what you you started your business roughly three years ago yep. and to and to see where you're at now you know i mean i i believe and correct me if i'm wrong but i'm sure you have grown exponentially oh yeah leaps and bounds and uh, i feel growing pains just i can't keep up um you know it growing business like this right here especially in the last year under two years actually with covid and you know backlog of everything you know you can't get powder you know Look, look, look at rifles. Try and buy primers right now. You got to go yeah, to yeah, and a thousand primers three hundred dollars. I mean, that's insane. Right. You know, then the powder you want, you know, you need for loading. 
that's been, you know, has, that's been fun acquiring, you know, you got to yeah. buy year round and keep on, keep on getting and, uh, you know, components, as you know, yeah. components right now is, is crazy to get. And of course, right now, my biggest seller is a 410 and 20 gauge and the 410 hauls. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Just make you freak out because I, I know that I need, I need way more hauls than what I'm getting. And, and hopefully here in the future, I'll have that problem solved, but yeah. uh, you know, it's just one day at a time and do what well, you can. And, right. Exactly. And, you know, and you bring up a good point because, you know, as, as a small business owner, I'm sure, you know, whenever, whenever you deal with supply chain issues, you know, right. that we've been faced with over the past, you know, year and a half, two years, it, it makes things difficult, you know, okay. I, and it, it, and it's good to see that, you know, that you're, you're fighting through it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, uh, gotta do what yeah, you got. yeah, right. Exactly. You know, and, and, and Chris knows this all too well because, you know, I mean, I, I helped the, you know, I helped the team out, you know, with, with firearms and, uh, yeah. you know, with reloading and stuff like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, and that's one of the things he, he always knows that I'm always ahead of the game, you know, right. um, it, especially these past couple of years with the supply chain, you know, you start thinking about turkey season well before even you know deer season. Yep. You know, it, it, yep. it you you gotta you gotta get ahead of the game and, and get you know that's whenever inventory is coming around in some of these supply chains. So you right. have to get of it well in advance. If you're looking for it now, you're too late. Exactly right. And I, you read posts on Facebook that where can I get hauls? Where can I get powder? And, and I'm like, dude, you're you're months behind, right? And everything that you need, you know, to load with, you know, unless you got friends or someone will be nice and kind enough to uh, send you a few things, you know, just to load for yourself. I mean, that that yeah. happens, but you know, I've had people email me and ask me, can I get hauls? Can I get, you know? And I'm like, I am not parting with anything. Good friends, I mean, I'm talking real good friends. They need 15, 20, or 100. You know, I'll work it out. But you know what? Uh, right. For the, for the general public, sorry, I, I I can't because it's such a hard time acquiring stuff right now yep. that you know, when you find yep. it, you find gold. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's just you make some people mad. But, yeah, you can buy it, but it's, it's loaded. <laughs> it, you know, if, if it was plentiful, I, I wouldn't have an issue, you know, helping everybody right. and anybody. Right. You know, but the fact of the matter is, is when you're out, you don't know when you might get it again exactly yep Dang. So, super depressing <laughs> yeah you, you know hey, Brian, I'm, 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 I, yeah i'm interested too you know whenever you know whenever you made the switch and uh you know how did you if, if you don't mind uh going into it how how did you come about you know uh tungsten super shot and you know and how how did that transpire well like i had mentioned about you know shooting heavy shot non-talk you know, getting something better because I like to travel and, you know, in traveling, I always wanted to shoot the best. I want the best pattern. You know, if I got a good gun, I want a good choke and I want to be able to kill ethically. You know, it, I, I don't, I'm not a kind of guy that'll shoot 70, 80 yards. It's happened once uh, with a 20 gauge years ago. And uh, I had to call and talk to Stuart ruling about that in Indian Creek and let him know that you're not going to believe what just happened with an Indian Creek and heavy <laughs> shot, but uh, that's many, many years ago. And, well, you know, on, on the NWTF form that's no longer on, they, they cut that out years ago. You know, the Turkey guys on there, uh, Tommy and Hal and a few others, mm -hmm. they're the ones that started loading the heavier Turkey stuff. Okay. And Kyle Smith 
um, who's the one that kind of introduced it to water fowlers and he started a business selling tungsten. Um, I don't know why, but that guy, he kind of walked away from it all and he, he could have started a business way back then. I'm talking 15 years ago and been selling, he, he could be owning the TSS industry. And so, hindsight uh, 2020. Oh, I know. But uh, I don't know what kind of life he had or, you know, he might have had more important things and this, right. he just wanted to go hunting and didn't want to deal. Some people don't want to deal with a business like this and deal yeah. with people. Because I'm going to tell you now, if you can't deal with general public and talk to people, this is not your cup of tea because <laughs> I'll tell you right now, you know, <laughs> I, 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 all day long, my phone will ring here and then my, you know, my cell phone messenger and emails. And, and, uh, if, if I didn't love this, I would walk away from it because it'd drive me crazy. But, you know, going back to that, seeing what they did with TSS, I was interested in it because of the patterns. And, yeah. uh, back then, I don't think they were you know, that far back. Uh, you didn't see any 410 turkey loads or 28 gauge, um, you know, the guys were loading themselves. They probably were way back then, but uh, more for the waterfowl. But uh, when I saw that right there, I was interested in it. I bought three pounds and that gentleman I bought it from didn't give me the time of day. And I talked about it on the NWTF forum and Tommy sent me a message and he's like, what do you need? And he helped me. And yeah. over the phone, you know, I take pictures and video of setting up a MET 20 gauge reloader and he helped me get it all set up. And I, I think I probably run, you know, half a bag of 20 gauge hauls getting set up and learning it. And it takes me a while to learn something. I, you know, I'll do the stupid mistake over and over and over. And yeah, right. <laughs> then I got it, you know, <laughs> but uh, that's how I got started, you know, with Tommy's help and uh, you know, his loads, you know, they're easy to load and they just, they just shoot good. And they, they do the job. They yeah. do the job. And that's that's one of the things uh, you, Tommy, and Hal, uh, you know, firsthand, you guys were extremely helpful, you know, whenever I started dabbling into the, you know, to the TSS and, you know, with personal hand loads and stuff like that, uh, yeah. you know, you, you guys, you guys are full of information, full of knowledge and, you know, and, and the, the little tidbits that, you know, that were, that yeah. were concerned, you guys were able to answer those. So I, I truly appreciate all, all of your guys' insight on oh, yeah. You know, I'm a Johnny come lately when it comes to all this right here because them guys are doing it way longer than I have. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't put, you know, my head in the clouds on this here stuff. Uh, God's been good to me. He's helped me, you know, with uh, low development of my own. You get a thought, you go with it. And when it works, you're just thankful. And uh, I've got several loads of my own that I've developed. And, and I and I thank Tommy for that there because of his knowledge. And right. The, yeah. the parameters in, in loading TSS. It's unlike other stuff. You know, I don't know beans about loading lead. You yeah. Know, I get people ask all the time, hey, you load some lead dove shot for me? Like, well, no, you can watch YouTube video and do it yourself. It's pretty easy. But uh, yeah. you know, it, I've never messed it, with that stuff. You, you know, and and, and you, you brought up an excellent point because, you know, that was one of the things, you know, uh, you know, getting getting into a little bit of details. You know, that's one of the things that I noticed, too. You know, whenever, you know, whenever you start looking into powder, burn rates, uh, yep. pressure spikes stuff yeah. like that i mean those those are very important things that you know that i you know i didn't take as serious as what i should have you know initially whenever i got started and i didn't realize how how significant the pressure spikes would be even going from you know uh from the heavy shot you know to the tss right you know and 
Yeah, yeah and, and, and yeah. choosing the correct powder for it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a learning curve to it. And, but once you understand it and uh, you do some research and you know, start doing the low development testing, you yes. know, it's, it's, it's not as hard as you think. You, just, you have to have an open mind. Yeah, you have to have an open and you got to be conscious of it. And not only that right there, if you have a question about something, talking to somebody like Tom, yeah, you know, Tom Leva or Hal, um, say, hey, look, man, have you used this powder? You right. Know, I've had people ask me stuff and I'm like, look, I am not going to discuss low development with you. I'm not yeah. going to talk to you about what kind of powder to use. And uh, I had one gentleman ask me, can I use Green Dot and two ounce turkey load? And I'm like, no. And well, I'm going to try it. Then he sends me a picture a month later and I was like, yeah, he kind of, he didn't tear his gun up, but he very well could have and could have hurt yeah. himself. But he's like, yeah, you're right. He goes, I can't be fooling around with this stuff. I'm like, you know, you can do some research. You can find yeah. some information. And there's a few people that sell shot. You can mm -hmm. talk to them and they'll help you. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and that was, you know, that was one of the good things. And there's even, there's even companies out there as well, too, you know, to where if you work up load development, you know, as, as a personal hand loader, right. you can send, you can send your loads out to have them pressure tested yep. safely. Yep. So, you know, don't, don't use your, don't use your body and your shotgun as a testing. Right, lab. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And we're hearing protection. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I, you know, I, I have, you know, because I'm always intrigued about, like I said, small, small business owners and stuff. Uh, you know, I'm intrigued with your, uh, with your design, Foxtrot Ammo. Where, where did the name of the company come about and the logo? Well, the, uh, the name of the company, we had, my family and I had started up a company and uh, Foxtrot uh, Global and okay. working, working with uh, recycling and uh, we, we were in the cable TV recycling business where we ship millions of pounds of cable TV wire every year over to China. And uh, because of that name right there, I just, when I started doing this, I was thinking, 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 and, and I'm like, Foxtrot, Foxtrot ammo. And, you know, I mean, it's just a name that, you know, I, I thought that was cool. And I liked it. And uh, when I needed a logo, th this logo right here, um, working with, uh, Tony Starnes, she, uh, down in Tennessee, I do believe she does that kind of design. She's heavily into doing, you know, logo design and many other things that, uh, like shirts, uh, I think she works with a shirt company where they sell shirt products like beach shirts, like in Florida and the Carolinas, their Myrtle beach area. But, uh, uh, I got hooked up with her and, uh, she designed this logo. I'd like, look, I need a logo. And this is what my company is. And I mean, like, it seemed like a day later, she's going, do you like this? And uh, I looked at that logo and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that it's perfect. She, perfect. she nailed it. It's, yeah, it's, it's nailed it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. the over under shotgun design with the Fox in it and everything. And part of the name, I just like, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, sim simple but uh, yeah it, it is it's it's a really it's a really good design really good logo i like that you know you you had mentioned that you know whenever whenever you started getting into you know uh you had mentioned the the sub wars and that's one of the things that you know that you know that we've been seeing you know with you know as tss gets more and more you know prevalent in the turkey hunting industry yeah. you know it, it has made a complete resurgence of the sub wars, uh, okay. you know, 
And it's and it's funny how much the the what you can achieve with a four ten, a twenty eight, you know, yeah. twenty eight. 20 gauge it, it it's amazing and are you seeing the same thing you know as a, as a small business owner uh with a maybe uh, a lack in possibly 12 gauge and the increase in the sub bores well a definite increase in sub gauge like the 410 uh-huh. um, you know that had really i i'd already developed the 383 choker which was the heaviest payload seven eighths ounce in a turkey load at that point in time. And I made it commercially available at the first company. And phenomenal load, by the way. Yes. And uh, the people were like, well, what started this 410 craze? And I'm like, well, the Savage 301. Yes. You know, the cheap 410 single shot. You put an optic on it, anybody can shoot it, especially kids. Yeah. And that right there, you know, when the things are selling for 130, 150 bucks, now they're a little over 200. So, right. They, it just skyrocketed and, and federal, you know, they came out with their, their TSS 410 load and mm-hmm. them two right there pushed this market. Now, you know, the federal load don't shoot that good, you know, it's inconsistent and, you yep. know, it's like a baby rattle, but, you know, at least it opened that door to the general public more so than what Foxtrot would have, you know, Foxtrot more of a social media, it's growing, you know, word of mouth and stuff like that there, but come on, man, you can go get federal anywhere. Bass Pro, Bellas, any little hunting store around is going to have it. So, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is on that aspect. And, you know, now that, now that you see the 410, I've seen a popularity rise now in 28 gauge. Um, there are guys been shooting 28 gauge for a very long time with TSS. And I'm seeing that increase in, in my 28 gauge load. Yeah. Uh, Robert McCormick, I don't know if you know him or not. Yes, sir. I do. Uh, Florida. Yeah. That there, that's his load that I use the cherry bomb. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it shoots so good that, you know, I get people ask me, do you want to do a one and five eighths ounce or someone's got one that's heavier? I'm like, no, this, this shoots so good in an ounce and a half that I yeah. don't, yeah. you know, what's the game? Right. You know? Save the one and five eighths, the 20 gauge. Yep. And the 20 gauge is uh, the three inch 20 gauge crusher, you know, Tom's yeah. load. that right there is, it's 1200 feet per second. It's fast. It's consistent. Um, if it's going to shoot awesome in your gun, nine times out of 10, it's because it's got an Indian Creek in it. And uh-huh. that is, you know, that load right there from 10 yards to 70, it's oh, just going to mow any turkey down. Right. Yeah. You know, right. You know, in, as far as 12 gauge goes, I sell a lot of three and a half inch, but the three inch thunder, um, I get, you know, the 410, the 20 gauge and that three inch 12 gauge. That's what most of the people gravitate towards. And that's what they get. Um, hardcore guys that, you know, when they travel, they want the, you know, they want that four inch shell. So they got to get the three and a half, two and a half ounce load. But uh, it, I don't see the 12 gauge slowing down this year. Not like I thought it would. Okay. Uh, the 20 gauge has increased a little bit for me, but 410 by far, um, you know, Last year, I could not keep up with 410. It was so crazy that I just had to like, okay, you know, as I'm loading, we're going to delegate that to one day a week. We'll have the Friday night fights on Facebook. I'll make a post and they're online. And you know what? Uh, everything that I had loaded, that would be sold out before morning. But yeah. uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I might do that again this year. I don't know. We'll see what hey, happens. Hey, I'm, I'm, great. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, explain the Friday night uh, fights a little bit. Well, like I said, 
I couldn't. I could have loaded last year. I could have loaded four ten nonstop. I could load four ten nonstop this year, load nothing else, and make a pile of money. It's that popular, um, it, and it's growing. I, I say that probably a year or two, it might taper and slow down a little bit. But uh, you know, tell there's enough of it out there for everybody. You know, they won't fight over it. But I had so many phone calls and so many people wanting it. I just had to stop. You know, because I had to, I had to load everything. I load four ten to ten gauge, and to be yeah. able to keep up with all of my customers, keep everybody happy, I had to just do four ten once a day or once a, you know, one day out of the week. Do you yeah. do? Do and, you do the TSS and ten gauge? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Yep, it's a mean one too. A bomb. Yeah. That, that's Can't why. Imagine. That's why I, I would. I got to the point where we had. Friday night fights. I just came up with that little thought that we're having the Friday night fight. You guys can fight over the 410. This is, I'm putting it online for you and mm-hmm. whoever gets it, gets it. If you don't get it too bad. <laughs> yeah. And that, it, that it, it, a lot of headache last year. Yeah. Right. Bryce, I tell you what, it, it was funny because, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of sat in, you know, one time on the Friday night fights, you know, and just, you know, just whenever you announce it and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was down did the the type of feedback that you got yeah. and how quickly you sold out oh yeah you know i mean and, and that that made me realize i'm like wow i mean as 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 soon as it got started it, it's it's over i mean your 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 loads are gone oh yeah you know uh i estimated somewhere between 10 and twelve thousand um hauls that i went through last year on the friday night fights and I started buying hauls. Of course, every time I find them for sale, I get them. I'm not, I haven't been able to get them going direct yet because of two years of COVID and everything yeah. back ordered, you know, all the problems, you know, they got products sitting out on shipping containers right now. Some of for them months. six months, you know, so I know I understand it's crazy. And, you know, it kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit when you think about it, because I know what I can achieve and accomplish. Um, so without the, of the supply chain. Right. Yeah. If I was able to get everything I wanted, you know, I easily 40,000 hauls, you know, for this year. But yeah, I'm not nowhere. You know, I'm going to do a little bit more than what I did last year just because of the I can't get components. Well, and that that gives the listener a good opportunity to understand, you know, how much you've grown in such a short amount of time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, it's all done by hand, too, is what's crazy. Yeah. It's a uh, prep work is the hardest thing. And, you know, the dropping the shot and vibrating everything, getting everything uh, crimped and sealed right. Yep. Uh, you know, that, that's the, the little things adds up. You know, it takes a lot of right. time. And I don't think people understand that there. You know, people ask me all the time, you know, especially when I was at the NWTF show, you know, mm-hmm. they, they walk around, they see somebody's prices for 10 hall or 10, 10 rounds of 410. And they're like, well, they're only $60. Why is yours 90? And I'm like, shake this load. And they shake it. And I said, now go back over there and shake their load. Yours, yeah. And then we had guys, literally, they'd leave. Um, Matt Bronk also did that talk with a bunch of guys. And he noticed that they would leave. And then they'd come back and they'd pay the $90 you yeah. know, for 10 shells because they, they could feel, they could hear, they understand. And when yeah. you, when you see the patterns that are consistent shot after shot, whereas other companies – you know, you might get a high number, one shot, the next number, it's not even worth counting the pattern. Yeah. You know, so. if you, yeah. If you want consistent shot, if you want 
you know, repeatability and reproducibility, you got to have. Yep. So I'm assuming that you want your shot to be tight and not hear rattle. Correct. Correct. Okay. Oh, wow. I've heard so many shells rattle. Yeah. yeah. You know, federal's really bad for that. And there are a few other companies that they try their best. Um, You know, with, when you do a fold crimp, you might hear one pellet that had popped up just enough that it'll catch between, you know, the crimp. Yeah. The center part. You know, so that's not bad, but when you can shake and it, you know, that's not good. That's not consistency. Right. Consistency matters, especially if you're going to be in this business for the long haul and you want to keep a good name, you don't want something shooting. That's going to be a high number one. And then the next one, not, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, Bryson, uh, one that, you know, and it, it's a, it's a very simple question, you know, but it's something that, I, and I actually even asked on the, you know, on the, uh, the Gobbler Nation uh, Facebook page, you know, uh, and some people might not know it, man. If you don't mind, explain that, you know, whenever, whenever patterning a shotgun, uh, you know, you have the famous, you know, 10 inch circle and yep. pattern. Yep. And if you recall, I, I had asked that, you know, just, just out of curiosity, you know, why, why is the 10 inch circle of the, the threshold in, in patterning? So that was a standard. I don't know who came up with the 10 inch circle. That was a standard many, many years ago that, uh, and I, I can't say anybody's name, because I don't know exactly who did that, but that was a standard that they went by for how many pellets were there in that core. And, you know, the NWTF, when they did the still target shoots, um, those were at three inch circle. And they counted all the pellets in that there. And, and if you read about any of that history, Indian Creek, they had 54 world championships with the most pellets. And some of those contests, you know, one pellet made the difference between a winner and a loser. And right. That, that tight. So, you know, they did a three inch, someone else for the turkey hunting world. They said, we're going to go with the 10 inch. I know everybody shows up a splatter target you know, a shoot and see, or they shoot a turkey target, which I've got a ton of turkey targets that I used to use years ago. But to me, to, to understand what a load is really doing, how good or how bad a load is, if it's consistent or not, is you don't shoot an actual turkey target. You don't shoot a, a shoot and see target. You shoot a huge piece of paper. Yeah. Put a black dot in the middle, aim at that black dot, you shoot it, wherever that load hits, you know, you just count, put the tennis circle over the over yes. the biggest concentration of that load, and then you start counting pellets. You can bring right. it down into force, and that there will tell you the true, you know, measure of what a load is doing. Yeah, and you know, and, and for the for the listeners, you know, that's that you know that's what you was alluding to whenever you was saying you know one o'clock and stuff. You're you're looking at how the load is clocking, you know, right. uh, based based on the bullseye. You know, is it, is it consistently hitting one o'clock, three o'clock? Are you getting inconsistencies? You know, one's, one's at one o'clock, one's at seven o'clock, you know, and, and you're around the bullseye, you know, so you're, you're looking at that consistency of the patterns. Right. Yep. And when, when you, when you shoot a pattern, like I said, big piece of paper or big sheet of cardboard, um, several years ago, I was with, uh, Robert McCormick down in Florida and we were shooting 410 the Indian Creek against another choke in his 410 and shooting my loads and uh we were looking at the front and he flipped it over and looking at the back and he's like 
this one here looks blown, this choke. And, you know, something that I picked up on was the spray that when a, when a load is over choked, that you will see a line of spray of shot that <laughs> like, like a water line. Yeah. You know, like on a windshield, how it goes. And that's how it looked. And that, I was kind of like, wow, I never noticed that. And I've shot a lot. And he's like, yeah, this is, this is a blown pattern. And you can see how it sprays on the backside and how, the perforation of, of the, of the cardboard. And I picked up on that and I thought that was pretty cool. And that stuck with me. And yeah, so whenever I shoot now, I like to see the front. I'll count the front and I flip it over and I look at the back and I'll also count the back too, because sometimes you will miss pellets on the front and how a powder looks. And then you look at the back, it kind of is easier to tell what it's doing. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you have the famous dangling chads on the back. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. You got to be careful you don't count them twice because some of them look like a double. That's, right. That's, right. <laughs> That's why I get over 400 in the 10. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I didn't know anything about shooting the big piece of paper. So I shot like a small piece of cardboard, like a yep. little bigger than a paper plate. And once I fat with Aaron's 12 gauge loads and once I, um, saw that a good portion of pellets were hitting and I'm like, Oh, you know, we're good. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. missing some birds at some longer ranges and I'm like, right. What the right. heck? Well, yeah. I go and shoot and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm getting like the top one fifth of the pattern. No wonder. And so yeah. when I sighted it and I'm like, Holy yeah, I, this I had is a, local, a hornet's nest. Oh yeah. I, I had a, a local boy here. Um, he uh, shot Longbeard for years, and uh, <laughs> one of our mutual friends got him to shoot. And he went and shot, uh, I don't know, four or five of my shells. And he called me up, and he goes, hey, I, I don't want to sound like a jerk. He goes, but your shells suck. And I was like, what, compared to Longbeard? You're right. You, you know? don't sound like uh, a jerk. And uh, he goes, <laughs> I just, I just want to let you know, but he goes, these aren't hitting you know, the target, like the long beards. And I didn't say a whole lot to him. I was just like, okay, you know, have a good day. We hung up and that was it. Well, I talked to our mutual friend and I asked him, I was like, uh, have you talked to this kid about how to pattern? Cause I tried to talk to him a little bit and it went right over his head and I just kind of, okay, we hung up the phone. That was it. And he's like, yeah, I tried telling him that, you know, TSS and lead don't actually have the same point of impact. And that you don't no. want to be a little target, you know, when you're testing, you want to shoot a big, and he goes, he never did that. And he's, that kid still shoots longer. So that cracked me up. I learned that I as well. I tried yeah. to start off with lead Yeah. and literally for me, the TSS was hot. It was right. hitting higher um, yeah. than the lead. And yeah. I was like, Oh my God, you know, cause you're, you're sitting there, you know, you only have so many of them. And it's right. not like you can just go get more whenever you want. Exactly. So it's like, okay, every single shot counts. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's. Uh, that's something I noticed years ago that lead and heavy shot and TSS, my loads, it, they will all shoot differently. I've never mm -hmm. had a gun that would shoot them all three exactly the same. Me, me neither, Bryce. Yeah. I mean, it might be four inch difference or, you know, it might not be enough that you really have to adjust anything, but yeah. uh, the, the core of the pattern is they've never been spot on.
Yeah, you, you definitely have to adjust point of aim, point of impact, you know, for, for the different loads. Just wanted to take a second to tell you about all our other content. If you're on Facebook, head on over to the Fueled by the Outdoors Facebook page. We currently have over 18,000 members of people who love the outdoors, from the mobile hunter all the way to the hiking enthusiast. Come interact and talk all things outdoors with a robust community of people. Fan of product reviews, fishing, hunting videos? Go check out the Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube channel. If there's any topic or content you would like for us to cover, just send us a message. And if you like what you're seeing and hearing, then hit that join or subscribe button. We hope all our content fuels your passion for the outdoors. So did I read right that you ended up purchasing Gobbler Nation from somebody? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rick Carroll and Doug Updike. They started it back in 2011. Um. 2000 yeah 2011 and so today or this year it, it's the birthday year I, I say it's their 10th year uh anniversary birthday so as as a company uh, i was growing that side of it for gobbler nation but they started that nwtf was having some problems and there was another platform that got started and that was kind of ran horribly and uh doug and rick they were talking one night and they said we should start a company and they did uh, a forum and uh they ran it for many years and did quite well it, it was growing and doug kind of got tired of it rick kind of got tired of it and they just you know dealing with people every day uh you know the forum's one thing you know you get some riffraff on there and you know have a little bit of drama <laughs> you know it's not like facebook i mean if anybody can get on facebook and handle that you know gobbler nation website that's that's a cakewalk but yep. uh yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy that. And we're hopefully uh, over the summer, I'll have some Gobbler Nation apparel like I do with the Foxtrot. Uh, you know, I've got some hats that, you know, that I've done and sold, but uh, uh, I'm, you know, going to grow it. Looking forward to doing more with it. It's got some great ideas and, you know, looking for, you know, to expand it. So it's been a great opportunity. <laughs> When they talked about it, I thought they were joking. And I said, well, you know, I'm interested. And, and uh, so it uh, it happened kind of quickly. And I haven't looked back. I, I, I get on her every day. And, you know, the Facebook, I, I really don't like Facebook. It's, but it's almost a must-have in my situation mm -hmm. you know, with an ammo company and, you know, with social media. Because it's different than what it was 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, before, before Facebook. I mean, come on, you had to. In magazines you know then youtube of course back then youtube was a big thing and you know people were able to grow a business by using youtube but you know facebook and social media as a whole has grown into this huge animal i mean you know there's so many different you know instagram you know of course the youtube and there's many other things that uh, you can promote on and grow with but uh yeah it's a it's a challenge it's a curse kind of but you know you got to do it um, I would rather not be on Facebook period. I'd rather just be on a forum, but, uh, you know, it is. I, what it is. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I'm glad you actually said that Bryce, because, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot, a lot of good things about the Facebook page, the Gobbler Nation, you know, TSS shooters, Gobbler Nation Facebook page, but obviously, you know, with the restrictions of Facebook, there's a lot of things that we can't do on there. Uh, right. you know, 
as we all know. So what, you know, what's the other choices that you have for individuals to go to, you know, besides Facebook to be able to network and possibly pick up, you know, pick up products? Well, I mean, like I said, the uh, governation.com, the website, you know, that right there is the main thing. Um, Then of course, you know, you got Instagram. I mean, it, I am on TikTok, but I have not put any TikTok content down. Same. That, that, you know, I, I enjoy watching some of the stuff. Age gap. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah I'm, I'll, be 50, I'll be 52 this year. So, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways that you can grow a business. And, uh, you know, it just, just do what little bit I can here and there. Yeah. The biggest thing is, is a customer base who will yep. be repeat customers. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't refer to all my customers as customers. A lot of these people, yeah, I came to meet them, know them, become friends. Yeah. You know, it, it goes beyond that. You know, I'm not so important that I can't take a minute to talk to somebody. I know it's a lot of time I'm trying to work and I'll get a phone call. Then my other phone starts ringing and, you know, then messenger, you know, then emails. And I get a lot of questions about what shoots the best out of certain guns, a certain choke, stuff like that there. But uh, it all comes around full circle. I mean, it's turkey season lasts, what, two months? Roughly. You know, start to finish roughly, you know, maybe three months if you're, if you're doing well, you know, get to hunt a few more states. But uh, I can always tell when, you know, Florida starts up, everything starts heating up, you know, Mississippi, Alabama start, Tennessee, that when you know by that point in time it's full-blown and and, you know when i go home usually eight o'clock at night i shut my phone off you know i put it on silent and you know that way i can get some sleep because i know last year two o'clock in the morning i get people messenger start texting me you know and i'm like oh my gosh man you know but hey it's all good (laughs) you know it's funny that you put that like that because so many people get big when you're the head of any company. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. And, you know, it generally starts off with them giving people their time and helping them and being a very personable individual. And then it turns into uh, I'm making money anyway, so I really don't need to waste my time on you. And right, right. Exactly. I, I've, I've had this conversation three or four times with different company owners in the last week where, you know, that's really our goal is, and and that's one good thing about that expo. We were just talking about the engagement with people, the relationships that you establish, just like you talked about. I mean, it's incredible. And I don't like, that's the one thing. That's the only thing that worries me about growing is I know eventually you do, you do get big to where you can't, you'd have to hire somebody to return some of these guys' messages. I mean, insane. So um, it's a double-edged sword, but at the same rate, hope, I don't know. I really don't know how to remedy that because you want to grow and be bigger, but you want to be able to deal with those people and to everybody as well. But it's good to hear that because a lot of people do telling you that, if there's one thing I cannot stand, it's being ghosted. And I'm not, I'm not some big time guy. Right, right. I don't care if I'm, you know, the fueled by the outdoors guy or just another right. dude. Right. Just say 
I don't like you. I don't have time to talk right now. No. Yes. What's up? Anything. Hit me a thumbs up. Give me something, man. Oh, exactly. (laughs) You know, I've I've had people blow me off before. Oh, dude. Industry. Um, Years ago, down Alabama, hunting down there. And uh, I bought a pot call and uh, from this company. And uh, two years ago at the NWTF, I was walking down through there and this gentleman come walking past me and I was like, Hey, I said, you remember me? And uh, went to, I went to talk to him about that. Cause he would remember the situation. I know he would. And he just blew me off. And I thought, Hmm, you know what? I never promoted their company or his company ever again and talked about it. And, you know, I, I loved one of their mouth calls. It was one of the best. They made an awesome, you know, pot call. But, uh, yeah, I threw it in the trash. You know, that, that was it for me. I, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, wh- and when you're in a business like this right here, you, you, you're not going to make everybody happy. No. And right. I'm not going to be able to answer every question like it probably really needs to be. And, you know, I mean, I've got 20 voicemail messages from the last two days. Oh um, God! Yeah, exactly. And uh, I just this last week, it's we've been so busy that I've not been able to take the phone calls. I will get back to them eventually. I got a sheet of names that I got to call back also, and uh, it's you know in this business, you just do what you can do. And you know when they ask you questions, I, I'd be as polite as I can, and I'd be as helpful as I can to an extent. You know, yes. I get people, you know, some people want to ask me how I'm loading this and, you know, ask me little, little questions that, you know what, you can use Google and look that question up and answer it yourself. But, uh, you know, I don't just blow people off. I do get some people that will call here and they'll just want to talk and talk and talk and talk oh, and dude. they never buy nothing. Well, then, uh, I, then I block them, you yep, know, yeah. so. So you know, I had a, like that. <laughs> I had a guy that would literally message me all the time asking me my thoughts on deer hunt turkey hunt archery this that whatever but when it came time to support us nothing and i'm like dude and then finally i just quit replying to the guy and then like he unfriended me and i seen him talking about me online i'm like that's that's what that is so yeah that that kind of stuff you run into all kinds of people oh yeah but Oh yeah, absolutely. For the most part though, it's encouraging to me because there's a lot of people out there that want to learn and, and are cool. And, uh, yep. you meet a lot of interesting, really cool people. We're pretty fortunate in that aspect. Um, especially one thing, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> one thing that, one thing that I, I just, you know, I, I smile when this happens to me, but being in the turkey hunting industry, um, if you've been turkey hunting long as I have, I started back in 2000. So it's only been a few years compared to a lot of people. I've been turkey hunting longer than Bryce Hensley. You have. I'm a new <laughs> By <guy>. a year. <laughs> but, 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 you know, when I was learning about turkey hunting and, you know, I would read everything and watch anything I could, you know, the VHS tapes back in the day and then the DVDs and the people in the hunting industry that you have, you know, you don't meet them personally, but, you know, you see them, you understand them, you know, uh, you learn from them. And then when you meet these people and then all of a sudden you own a company, 
and these people that you've looked up to and you've respected and you've learned from, they come to you for ammo and they want to, they want to shoot your ammo and they talk about with their friends and their friends are calling you. Oh, that's the coolest thing ever. I, I get such a kick out of that right there. It just, you know, when I'm talking to these people, I'm like, you know, they, they act like I'm somebody special. Like I'm the coolest thing since sliced bread. Come on. I'm, I'm over that. You it's just, you know, like James Harrison, the Alhooter guy, you know, he's shooting my ammo. And uh, I, I finally was able to get Al Hooter off of him. And that just tickled the snot out of me that, you know, here this guy is and he's wanting to shoot my ammo. I mean, that's blessed, man. I, I, I just I just smile over that. It's just the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. With us setting up the uh, the expo, when you get messaged by a big company that yep. you're like, whoa. Like, yeah. aren't I supposed to be begging you to come to our show? And then they're <laughs> I, like, hey, man, we want to be a part of it. And I'm like, yeah. yay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Makes you feel good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, absolutely. I mean, your ammo, I mean, you know, not to get the nose too brown. You make some good stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, give a guy a do when he's due. Oh, yeah. Right that's, on. I appreciate it. I know Aaron, he does good. I see some of the patterns you guys have shot. Oh. And, uh, you know, when, when you – I, you know, when you shoot for yourself, you can pattern, you can make that load to fit your need. Right. And, and, you know, when I'm loading, I have to load for the mass. For the mass. I've got, I've got friends, you know, the hand load, that roll crimp, and they are consistent. You know, take Darren Dye, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Dale Wildman. uh, When them guys roll crimp, they're precision and they make the best load that they can. And, you know, sometimes I've seen their patterns that they shot better than mine. But, uh, you know, when, when I'm loading, I have to keep that parameter that it's, it's, it's going to shoot overall a lot better than these other mm-hmm. factory loads from other companies. And, yeah. you know, that's one thing that I have to, you know, I have to keep myself in check. And you know, like, well, what can I do better? You know, I, I really can't, you know, because that this load, the way it's developed, you know, like Tommy's 20 gauge, three inch, um, an ounce and five eighths load in a 20 gauge with nines or a duplex blend of, you know, eight by nine or eight and a half or whatever somebody wants is, you know, compared to other companies, it mind blows them away. But, you know, I, I some guys that can hand load their own and they can, they can mess with that load a little bit one way or the other, you know, make it a little bit lighter, you know, change something up to make it fit their gun combo and shoot circles around me. Right. But, uh, you know, that's, that's the one really cool thing. If, if you load for your own and you're doing it for yourself, you can make it achieve great things um, just by doing little little tricks here and there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny you say that, Bryce, because uh, Chris and I, we were actually uh, chatting about that last week. And, you know, I was explaining some of the, you know, some of the little you know tricks of the trade of what yeah. you can do to, to adjust your pattern. Uh, you know, op- open it up, tighten it down, you know, just, it, just a lot of those little things, you right. know, and I, yeah. And I enjoy, you know, uh, reloading, you know, for rifle shotguns, you know, all, all different things. And it, it, to me, that's the joy of it, you know, of figuring out the pieces of the, of the puzzle, you know, for your firearm. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, I'll be honest. So I've killed a Turkey with your ammo killed the best bird of my life and another bird with your ammo killed my first pronghorn with your ammo uh yeah that was that was yeah 325 yard shot 
with no, like I had my elbow on my knee four yep. and a half miles in, in the mountains. Like this is, it's funny because so many people here in the East are like, Oh, you can shoot a rifle, you know, 600 yards. And I'm like, do you know what it takes to yeah. be good at 600? Do you know how far 600 yeah. yards is? You like, know, you don't comprehend the optics that you need. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. um, or, and, or, or how to breathe and how to squeeze. Yes. Yeah, and do it under the heat of the moment when you got a monster pronghorn or a monster buck or whatever. Right. You know, when it comes to rifle hunting, I can shoot a bow on a deer, a big buck, and I won't get nearly as nervous as when I'm holding a rifle. Oh, yeah. When, when I got a bow, I'm calm, cool, collected. And I've shot a lot of nice bucks with a bow. And but when it comes to the rifle and I, I, I've shot smaller, smaller bucks with a rifle and then I'm sitting there and this buck appears and all of a sudden I'm all jacked up, shaking like crazy. And I have to shoot it four or five times. You know, right. that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's, but. it's pretty crazy. Um, you really don't know until you go out there. I don't know if you've hunted out West before uh, for big game, but um, oh, just the wind is Mm-hmm. something you don't understand until you the, the do Nebraska wind is exactly oh right my God. last year in Nebraska and it was windy the whole time we were but, uh, yeah. we were in Wyoming and I mean there were a couple of days where the winds were 45 miles an hour with like 65 mile an hour gusts yeah and and like you couldn't keep a hat on weird crazy stuff and so then now take your rifle after you've been running around because you're basically on pronghorn you're running and gunning like you are with turkeys like you're trying to use the little coolies and stuff to work down on them and i mean i feel like i'm doing aerobics on my way to the damn animal and and, and then heart rates up oh my god and then so you know with competition archery you learn to trust the float and you you float in a circle with a bow well with a gun you know you're doing the figure eight and i remember very specifically i tried to squeeze or i tried to pull it uh rip it on that pronghorn like ah it's a rifle we're good you know and i missed him well i got lucky and he stood there so i the silly zeitsef you know work the Uh bolt and pop another one in and uh i was like all right let's try this again and just take your time no matter what happens and i remember breathing and watching that gun. And I mean, this thing is going from, you know, last rib floating down uh, to the bottom of the shoulder and then two feet in front of him and coming back. And I remember as soon as it started to come back, I started squeezing and God smiled on me. (laughs) I smoked the piss out of that thing. It was awesome. I floated. I used to freehand shoot a lot with, uh, with rifles and you could float it and, if you know how to shoot like that, they're floating in a circle. You can actually shoot pretty stinking good. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, which is kind of crazy, you know, bench rest shooters, you know, that's one thing sitting there, squeezing off, making it, you know, making yeah. it perfect, but actual freehand shooting, like getting ready for hunting big game or deer or whatever, you know, as your heart rate's breathing, you're trying to talk yourself and remain calm and, you know, calm yourself down, slow the breathing down. And then as it's doing that, whatever yep. figure eight or the circle squeeze yep. off. I don't shoot nearly as good as I used to, but uh, um, I've done some crazy shots on coyotes with the rifle and 
you know, 400 yards, 300 yards running a lot, shooting with 22, 250 AR. And now of course, with uh, Foxtrot ammo, a coyote load, but. Uh, That's some know. good looking stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, how far out are you shooting those yotes? Well, I just killed a yoke there about I don't know, a month ago and uh, it, it wasn't 15, 20 yards when I tried oh, okay. to up on it. But I've in testing with, with these loads um, two years ago, I came out with a one ounce load and a two and three quarter, 1300 feet per second. And I shot at 50 yards and I was like, that's pretty cool. And I well, I wonder what it's going to do. And this is middle of winter at a hundred. And I shot at a hundred and I aimed a little bit high and it was downhill. And when I walked and I looked at the target, I was blown away. I was like, oh yeah, I'm onto something here. Cause you know, number three shot in a one ounce load should not pattern at a hundred yards. Conventionally, right. if you shot lead or anything <laughs> else over the years, by the time for 50 yards to a hundred yards, you shouldn't have two pellets on something, you know, a, a three foot by three foot pattern. And you do. And that, that kind of freaked me out, but, uh, you know, I sold a few of those and then before season this year had some thoughts and I went with it and, uh, ounce and a quarter, three inch load and an ounce and a half, you know, 1400, 1450 feet per second. When you're shooting number twos, threes or fours for coyotes, uh, number twos will kill at hundred yards easy. Number threes, you know, 80 yards, you're going to, you know, it's going to bust them up real bad. You're you might smashing have coyotes at a hundred yards. You can oh, kill a coyote. Yeah, yeah, you can at a hundred yards. God. And, you know, I just had a gentleman with a, with a uh, 20 gauge with number twos shot a hog, 150 pound hog at 70 yards. It ran 40 yards and fell over. Um, wow. Brandon share from the edge of the wild outdoors last, I think it was June at, after Turkey season, they took some kids to a hunt and on hogs. And I, he goes, you got any hog shotgun ammo? I said, yes, I do. It's not shot a hog yet. Well, that one boy, uh, oh, I call him pork chop. That's Quentin <laughs> Jones. Quentin Jones boy. He shot this hog at 35 yards and it dumped it. One ounce load of number three shot and clear through the skull. And wow. Yeah. So that just kind of you know, like TSS, you know, it's not like lead, not like anything else that's ever been used before and for people that are like they want to use off four or really really big shot because they're thinking lead and yeah you know, with tss you can you know with a smaller pellet you can achieve greater distance and greater penetration yep. than what anybody can really fathom until they actually experience it you can kill a turkey at 100 yards with number sevens and uh, number eight so it's you know when, when you think along that which is insane you know, for coyotes and for deer, you know, lead, you know, people start shooting us now for deer or hogs or coyotes when they shoot it and they're blown away by it. You know, I had a gentleman in Virginia, I think it was in Virginia or the Carolinas, um, a 20 gauge load of number twos with T shot, a duplex and uh, 60 yards running buck. And he showed me the scapula after on the opposite side where the pelt flew completely through the deer. And yeah. uh, you know, he's like, he goes, I, you have a customer for life, you know, something like that right there. Yeah. But, uh, it's amazing that, you know, I got because of these newly developed loads because of the feet per second, I can tell you right now that when you're shooting a load, that's 1200 feet per second or 1300 feet per second from 50 to hundred yards at hundred yards, you see 
a couple foot of drop, pretty significant. So, you know, on a running coyote, if you're not paying attention and aiming just right, you know, you might get a pellet in you, but you're probably going to have a miss. And, you know, with a faster feet per second, with, with the same payload of, you know, ounce and a quarter, ounce and a half, it's almost flat shooting. And, you know, 50 yards and at 90 yards, we've done some testing with a buddy of mine and his Versa Max. And I told him, I said, just aim at 90 yards exactly where you did at 50 on this target. And the pattern was you could tell that it was a little more open than at 50, but it was amazing. We, we were both kind of stunned and shocked and, and it's just, it's just crazy. And I'm still learning every day with this year's stuff, especially when it comes to these loads. Um, waterfowl, uh, and, you know, yeah. the TSS waterfowl loads are, are crazy insane. And I will be coming out with something greater, not greater than just TSS, but something that's going to be more affordable. Mm -hmm. And uh, that'll, that'll, that'll be coming sometime after turkey season. And I know we, we was talking about people wanting to load their own and are asking, where can I get components at? You know, a lot of people right now it's turkey season and they're worried about turkey hunting. Well, I'm sitting here trying to get through turkey season and I'm already thinking ahead of waterfowl. Yeah. What, what exactly. I got going on, you know, what, what yep. am I going to get accomplished by July? You know, I'd like to be able to show <laughs> some color patterns, waterfowl stuff in July at the show. And yeah. Then, you know, September and then October. And then it's, you know, by the time October comes around, I'll be back into the turkey hunt mode, getting stuff ready for them. Right. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many ducks I've shot with three and a half inch twos, three yep. inch twos, steel shot. And yep. well, Aaron watched me. Yep. What yep. were we? 30, 35 yep. yards max. Uh, uh, yeah. And I had a freaking goose load in there. And yep. I had literally three ducks like bunched up and I shot and they all just flew away. And oh, I, yeah. I, I, I just turned around and looked at him and I was like, I don't know how to feel like right. this. This to me was like, you just killed three ducks. We, I snuck up on him and he was yep. behind me filming mm. and I just, could not believe it and now that i think about all the different ducks i've shot where you gotta you gotta shoot them one or two more times oh, to yeah. kill them right. so by the time you do that you could have had a tss shell and folded the dang thing yeah. and been done with it pure yeah. tss not a not a mixture or anything like that right, so right. um i i do have a question for you and I, i'd like you to answer it as honestly as you can i don't want you to worry about people's opinions or thoughts or whatever because you know we run into so much scrutiny as turkey hunters because you're only a true turkey hunter if right and just insert all the stupid rules that everybody comes up with you know where <laughs> you're not a true turkey hunter if you shoot them over 20 yards or you know you can't use a blind you can't use decoys and it's like can i just have fun like exactly can't i just right. can't we just go kill a turkey Yep. Like, leave me alone. Um, yep. But with that 410, with those, you know, let's say nines, nine and a halfs, let's say nine and a halfs at 60 yards, the shot that I took yep. in that video, I've yep. got three of those pellets in that, you know, what they claim to be like the brain area. Right. I've got, I think, three more in the spine. Is that a dead bird? That's a dead bird. Okay. All right. That's the closest, 
and, and, and people got to realize that it's more than just the brain. You know, you got your spinal and that 60 yards, you're going to have enough to spread that, you know, you're breaking wings, you're breaking legs, you know, I mean, that's yeah. nines. They're going to crush a turkey at 60 yards. I, you know, doesn't matter if it's in a 410 or a 10 gauge. Right. Um, right. You know, people got to get over their bad self. You know, you never said nothing that I'm going to kill a turkey at 60 yards. You killed right. yours at 40, 40 yards is what yeah. you said. Well, okay, I said so. 40. I'll be honest. I'm shitty judge of yardage. So, yeah. you know, it could have been 40, could have been 55 for all I know. But what I right. do know is that I've pulled that trigger and, and got to done. one knee before yeah. that bird reacted. And then literally the bird just, and this, you know, this all happened so fast. Um, yeah. I was probably going to one knee before I pulled the damn trigger. because I'd had a terrible season and uh, dude, that Turkey, I couldn't believe it. Cause you know, again, I hadn't seen it yet. Freaking did a backflip. And, and I was like, Oh, I just started screaming. I was like, ah, freaking four tens. Awesome. You yeah. know? So, and, and I didn't recoil. know. Yeah, right. yeah, literally no recoil, and and you're right. carrying a toy gun around. Yeah, um, it's it's no weight, and uh, the the thing that I question though is because it's such a small gun, is it going to have that knockdown power at that yardage? And you know, because I seen you know every single shot that I took at any yardage, which I never went past sixty. You know, if I had 50 rounds, shit, I'd drop back to 70 and 80 and do right. a 10 yard shot and all that. But right. I right. wanted to do like the most realistic and I didn't even want to take a 20 yard shot. But I thought you you can't do a review and not take a 20 yard shot. Plus, we want to practice and know what it's going to do. Yeah. Um, but every shot had six or eight pellets and what I would, you know, not grazing the outside, just inside the neck. I mean, it was like in or damn close to the spine, the brain, the eye, the beak, where it meets the face, you know, uh, right. back of the head, stuff like that. So, and then there were others, you know, I know you guys do the whole 10 inch circle thing. And I really honestly didn't know to pay attention to that. Wish I had, um, could have added a little more to the review, but I felt like, well, it's all good. It's all it, good. I felt like every bird died. <laughs> um, so Absolutely. It was pretty fun though. Um, you know, the, the old Indian Creek dude in a four ten. I mean, I don't, you know, is it your ammo? Is it the choke? Probably the combination, but definitely a combination. Cause you know, when it comes to four ten, four ten is very finicky. You can ask Stuart and Mike there at Indian Creek. Um, yes. you know, uh, I've got a Browning BPS and uh Stuart Browning BPS when he developed him and Mike when they made the 410 chokes um I got some of the first ones to pattern test along with Stuart I sent Stuart ammo ammo he shot everybody's ammo you know I shot my ammo of course but we compared notes we talked daily you know I, I shot this this shot great but in my Browning BPS um one particular load the 33 stroke or nine and a half by tens uh shot phenomenal with a 380 Indian Creek. His exact same gun, exact same load. His like the 390 shot real high numbers. And that just kind of tells you, you know, you it, it's you just about have to, if you want to see the true potential of a 410, you got to shoot every load that you can get your hands on and every combination of that load and all three Indian Creek chokes. And yeah, 
at yep. that point in time, you're going to know this this gun right here, whether it's a Viper G2 or the Savage Stevens, uh, you know, 301. It doesn't matter. You, to me, everything needs to be tested. Everything needs to be shot. Just like in the old days, you know, the old <laughs> days, you had 12 gauge and, you know, you bought 10 different ammo manufacturers of lead and you bought four or five choke tubes. And you had to shoot everything to figure out what shot the best. Because back then, if you shot over 100 pellets in a turkey target, um, you had something. If you shot something that was 130, 140 pellets back then, you know, you had a you had a really good shooting 12 gauge shotgun. You know, you would <laughs> for that. Now, nowadays, yeah. you got a 410 that, you know, I see 160 to 200 out of a 7 8 ounce 410, nine and a half. And then, you know, the duplex, you know, I, I've shot so many 190 to 240 pellets in a 10 inch circle that it's you just scratch your head and you're like this little little 410 oh, yeah PSF, <laughs> and you can shoot like that you know it blows my mind is this yeah is this 40 yards yeah God. Yeah, we do all of our testing at 40 yards and uh and and a true 40 yards isn't where you're standing it's where the end of the gun barrel is at the end of the choke absolutely so you know a lot of times people post stuff i see a lot of patterns on social media on facebook and uh, you'll see you know a 20 gauge, three inch ounce and five eighths load. And it's way, way over 400 pellets. Now, was that really 40 yards or was it more like 35? Right. You know, you, know, you got to kind of, you know, yeah. some guys when they post and they talk about it with me, I totally believe them because I know them. Right. And I know how they pattern test, how they shoot. You know, when, when you, you know, when you know somebody that they know what they're doing and they say, look, I just shot 380 you know, number nines in a tennis circle from a 20 gauge. Yeah. That's credible. You know? So yeah, that's, that's some, some stuff you take with a grain of salt. Some people you can actually, you know, oh, right. Right. Trust so, me. Yeah. I get that completely. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, you brought up a good point whenever, you know, whenever you, you know, if, if someone truly does their due diligence, you know, on pattering uh shotgun, you know, with different loads, different chokes and stuff like that, you know, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of people were probably sitting there thinking or like, well, you know, okay, well, you know, this, this choke costs this much and you, you're telling me to, you know, buy three of them and, and try. And it's like, it, trust me, whenever you find the one that works, you will have no problem getting rid of the other two because there's someone out there that's Absolutely. looking for that constriction. You can exactly. probably get Absolutely. what you paid or make money on yep, the damn yep, thing absolutely. honestly these days yep. um and to be clear indian creek for the 410 makes a 380 385 and a 390 constriction yep mm -hmm. 380 385 and 390 yep excuse me um yep. okay and i have so in our little review we did i've got the 385 which i would assume is the middle of the road obviously um and we did what we do. We did nine and a halfs, and we did your duplex of nine and a half and ten. Um, that was it's crazy to yeah. comprehend that. Me and Aaron were talking. Twelve gauge is like, you know, in our opinion, kind of obsolete for turkeys anymore. Like you, you really don't need it now that you've got the twenty gauge too. Like a yeah. twenty gauge will wreck a freaking bird out there if you need to yeah um, you know and, uh, and, and you you had brought that up earlier you know uh you the the stevens the the stevens 301s you know it, it, it's it's like you know to me it, it's a little bit of nostalgia with them you know it's like the old h and r's 
you yep. know, being, being yep. able to grab one of them, you know, the old, you know, break open single shots. And, and I tell you what, you know, I mean, we've, you know, many of us have, has ran 12s for uh, forever, you know, uh, for, for turkey hunting. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I like Winchesters, especially pumps, uh, yep. you know, and, uh, you know, I have a Winchester, you know, SPX and, uh, you know, it, you, you sit there and you put a 20 gauge, you know, a Stevens 301 20 gauge besides a 28 inch barrel Winchester, you know, pump, it's half the size. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, you, you know, I mean, you, you look at the, you look at the size of the receiver, you know, there, there's no working components that you need to worry about, yeah. uh, you know, and you know, the, we're in the area, the era of run and gun, you know, yeah. running gun everything, you know, mobile, yeah. everything, run and gun, everything. And whenever you look at those size comparisons and if you're really going to put miles on your boots in the turkey woods it, those those little 301s are going to be hard to beat oh. absolutely they are and you know the, the nice thing now is it seems like a lot of these gun companies are now producing 12 gauges more like in a tactical light like like the yeah. Beretta 1301t yes uh, i'm brought that up I, I, I bought one of those and uh, I haven't killed a turkey with it yet. I'm going to this year. I'm going to take it on the road with me. Got my Burris Fast Fire 4 on it. All I got to do is dial it in. And I I have 10 gauge all the way down to 410. You know, I've got one 10 gauge. I got multiple 12s, uh, 16 gauge, a bunch of 20s, and a couple 28s and a couple, you know, 410s. But uh, people ask me, what's your favorite caliber? And I'm like, well, I like to shoot everything that I load. I like all of my guns and, you know, sometimes I'll be ready to go hunt. I don't know which gun I'm going to take. You know, I just get up, <laughs> look at the gun and grab it up, which everyone's crying out to go, you know? So I grabbed that Good one, have. but uh, yeah, you know, it, it kills me. People, what's your favorite load and, and what's your favorite gun? And, but uh, you know, with, with lightweight 12 gauges now, I mean, gosh, uh, Bo Witherington, he's on, on the Galvernation nation pro staff. He's got a Rate that he bought, a, a duck hunting gun, semi-automatic 12 gauge, and it came with a free pump gun and 12 gauge, and it's a wow. short one. And uh, he put a he put a Burris on it, and uh, he shot it so light it, with just a hair over six pounds. And it, he said it kicked the snot out of him, and he put a slip-on limb saver on it, which helped greatly. And he's going to yeah. hunt with that this year. He's he's really tickled to take that turkey hunting but uh he's trying to get that thing to where it's shooting lights out and it, it shoots good enough i would take it hunting some people they want 450 pellets in the tennis circle out of a 12 gauge um you know that's people ask me what i like to shoot in a 20 gauge in a 12 gauge i personally i like to shoot number eight or eight and a half in a 20 mm -hmm. gauge you know but uh people like why and i'm like well you know i've shot turkeys on the run before and i know what's on them and, and I've noticed that in brush, nines deflect a little bit. Uh, whereas number eights, when you shoot at a running turkey, you have number eights, or if a turkey's standing there in the brush with number eights, when you squeeze that trigger, it's dead. And to this day, with all the turkeys that I've shot with number eights, I have never found a pellet in while cleaning one. Nice. You know, they, they just burn on through. They don't stop. Number nines, uh, even, even at 30 yards, if you yep. get in that hit a little low, you, you will find pellets, number nine shot in a turkey, you know, which kind of is crazy because, you know, the things are heavy and they really do penetrate and they're superior. Yeah. Know, but, uh, I don't look at it as a what's my highest pellet count. I look at it to what's going to crush that turkey. If I misjudge yardage, 
You yeah, know, right. like our weekend is 35 yards and it's actually 55 yards or further, <laughs> you right. know, and that does happen. I mean, that's if, me. if you hunt in the same tree stand for a deer and you got your range finders and you're range finding, you know, there's 20 yards, there's 30 yards, there's 40 yards and a buck walks through and you, you know where he's at. You know, it's a little different when it's in the turkey woods, when you're traveling and you're going out of state, you don't know the lay of the land and you've never mm -hmm. sat there trying to have your range finders with you you know, you're going to make a mistake. And one thing nice about TSS is that uh, they can improve that handicap for you. So it'll yep. take care of you. It, you know, I know it's more money than lead and long groups are cheap, but uh, I'll tell you right now, if you're going to spend that gas money right now on a $200 in tags, whatever, you know, when I squeeze the trigger, I want to know that it's going to go down. That might right. be the best saying that I'll hear for the rest of my life. Yep. Well, I shoot long beards and I kill them out. Okay, cool. We've all killed them with long beards. We're not telling you that we're going to kill your mom if you right. don't use TSS. Right. Yep. We're simply saying, here's why we use TSS. It is, in fact, superior to your long beard. I'm sorry, but it is yeah. it's superior. You know, yeah. Okay. Congrats on your softball pattern at 40 or whatever and your deer slug that you're shooting at 20 where you're going to miss a damn turkey like somebody did um, <laughs> um, i missed one twice actually and killed it i have a i have a um i thought it was 80 thinking back i'm pretty bad at under judging and uh that turkey turkey was far <laughs> that turkey was a long ways and that the long yep. beard did it i i had switched to some junk junk site uh it was like a true glow or something oh, and, yeah. yeah um i should have never used it. it was the no it was a dead ringer um yeah. a circle like, right yeah, yeah. like a giant circle peep with a a big front bead and dude that thing was terrible um, and so I, I missed the bird at like seven yards and then missed it again at 40. Oh. Yeah. It, I called an entire flock of turkeys, like 380 yards or something away. Yeah. And, and the gobblers get to freaking seven yard. Like he's right there. And I'm, I'm like, you know, the long skinny window in the blind. Well, yeah. that's my window. And I'm like, man, I don't want, you know, they get antsy and do stupid stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, take your shot. And I, I rushed it a little bit. And now if you had a, you know, a freaking four ten with nines, that bird's dusted. Oh yeah. But, but with that little deer slug, your little rifle slug, you're shooting out of there. I mean, that thing's basically like a 50 caliber muzzleloader coming at his head and neck. So, but, uh, it, that's one thing that me and Aaron talk about that we love is, you've got a pretty good wide pattern at a close yardage. Um, That's one thing that a lot of people, they don't understand the difference. Between yeah. lead. When they see a 40 yard pattern from TSS, they automatically think that it's going to be a little tiny hole at 10, 15, 20 yards. It's not, not much at all. <laughs> Whereas if they actually took the time and shot with somebody or researched the patterns and they saw that, you know, at, at 20 yards, yeah, you got your hole from TSS, but then you got that outer light layer of shot all around it. 
Where yep. lead, you don't. Lead, you no. do. You have you have a golf ball size hole that's got five or six pellets around it, and uh, but the difference is with TSS is it's more open, closer, but the farther out it holds together because it of holds. the density of the pellet. And the and the Tommy Deliva will tell you that it's more than just the density; it's the hardness of it, mm -hmm. the, how it cuts through the air, and and how it you know where lead don't lead is soft. So the drag on lead with, with the air is what slows it down. And, right. you know, if lead, even though the density is, you know, 10 or 11 or whatever you want to call it, if it was super hard, it would fly better and for longer right. distance. Well, but, and, yeah. and yeah, and that brings up a good point, Bryce, you know, because you get into, you know, to lead shot with it, which is obviously soft. Uh, and once, you know, it goes, you know, once it goes through, you know, the barrel hits the choke, you know, possibly, you know, becoming deformed and you have, you know, the inconsistent, uh, you know, uh, shapes of, of the lead. Right. You, you won't have that with, with TSA. Each and every, each and every pellet is going to be consistent and it's going to fly in the same manner. Exactly. Yep. Man, it's so cool to nerd out on this. So uh, what is your favorite state that you've turkey hunted <laughs> well, i've hunted a few states but uh a few. Every, we, we need, yes, every okay. state that i go to i really like and enjoy but kentucky my dad bought property in kentucky eastern kentucky uh, gosh it's 18 20 years ago and when i started hunting down there walking the mountains in the morning when it was cold and then when the sun warmed you up and you know, when you're on top of a ridge and you've got clouds down below you and you hear the whippoorwill. I mean, that I just, I love hunting Eastern Kentucky in the mountains. That is near and dear to me. But I've also, man, when you, when you hunt the Black Hills of South Dakota oh. or, or Nebraska, um, I like to travel. And I, and it, it, it's a funny story. I've told a few people this right here, but, uh, you know, I saw my first gobbler ever here in Indiana when I was 14. And I was like, man, I, I want to hunt a turkey one day. And, uh, you know, of course, we didn't have turkeys. They just reintroduced them back then. And uh, as I got older, I had no one around here that really could teach me about turkey hunting. So, you know, I, I read and, you know, got on online on the Internet back in late 90s, going to early 2000. And uh, people we did business with in Alabama are like, we got turkeys all over. Come on down. So I cut my teeth on traveling for turkey hunting before I even hunted and killed a turkey here in Indiana. Wow. And drove down to Alabama and uh, had bought a turkey call and a decoy. And we went and hunt. I went and set my decoy out and uh, waited for the crack of daylight. And the best of my ability back then, I hit the turkey call, the pot call, and I thought I heard a gobble. And I was like, man, where was that at? It sounded close. And I waited a minute. I hit the call again, and then it blew my hair back. And I looked up. <laughs> And above me in the tree that I was setting my back on was a gobbler looking at me. And when my eyes met him and he saw me, he pitched out. That was the only turkey that I saw that whole trip. Oh. Now, and I do, I didn't, I was green as grass, had no idea, no one to show me the ropes. So, you know, here I, I traveled out of state and I hunted probably in the hardest state to learn turkey hunting in was Alabama. And uh, 
So, you know, I've hunted down there three times. I already did kill a turkey. Hopefully this year I'll get that chance. Oh, man. Down there. But uh, that's my story. That's how I got started in turkey hunting, uh, traveling and hunting in the heart of state, of course. But uh, I tell anybody that, you know, it, it's always nice to be able to hunt, you know, kill a turkey in your home state. And but if you can get out and travel to another state, do it. And, you know, what if you kill a turkey, it's bonus. At least you get to travel in this great country and see all the things that God made. And you Amen know, I've that, worked dude. in every state except Alaska yep. Hawaii for my dad and his company. I've been all over this country. And I wished I would have turkey hunted back in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. That way I, I could have done a lot more turkey hunting in all of these different states that I've been into. But uh, you know, it's 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 so much more rewarding to be able to travel and go. And the cool thing is because of social media, you can meet new friends and people that you've been friends with. You know, there's people that I've been friends with online, uh, the NWTF forum years ago, and then, you know, get to meet people even today because of that, you know, 15 plus years ago. And, you know, that, that just makes it so much fun. Uh, it's, it's, you can't get enough of it. I wish you could do it year round, you know? Yeah, I agree. That's, yeah. uh, I know that when we went to Nebraska, and I saw the turkey tracks in the road. Mm-hmm. There's like, I don't know, a place that has that kind of turkey population. Like they're stacked full of oh, turkeys yeah. out there. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I'm going, I, I won't bring this up on the podcast. I'll wait till we're done. Cause I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about, um, a spot you'd mentioned. Uh, so, um, let's see, we have, what is your, what's your best set of hooks? Inch and three quarter from, from Kentucky, from Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky solid state. Yes. Um, um, Indiana, um, little over one and three eighths. My dad killed one here in Indiana. That was inch and a half at that point. Those are it, good spurs up there at at that point those are the biggest spurs i'd ever held in my hand when my dad shot that we were blown away and then a couple years ago um we doubled up on gobblers and i walked over to his to pick it up to bring it over to him and it had no spurs and i just i bust out laughing and he's like what are you laughing for and i go dad look i said uh i said you have killed the longest spurs i'd ever seen and the shortest (laughs) (laughs) it was it was great i killed a full fan tom like a 10 and a half inch beard with my bow yeah with button spurs yeah that's weird isn't it i i I thought i had some kind of and you know i don't like to dive too deep into this to sound like a turkey analyst or whatever but he didn't gobble much and he was very very skittish and now i see why he probably got his ass whipped a lot because he couldn't hurt anybody you know i i I killed a gobbler here in Indiana, had inch and a quarter spurs, had a 10 inch beard, weighed 14 pounds. And he had a gobble that, I mean, it, you could tell that he was a gobbler. It wasn't a Jake gobble, but he was deformed. And I, I say he was a midget gobbler, but yeah. uh, he had the weirdest gobble I'd ever heard. And when I shot and killed him, I was just, I was blown away and I took him over to my cousins, I, I shot a 25 pound gobbler, Kentucky that spring and uh, showed it to my cousin when I came home and 
Then I shot this here in Indiana, Kentucky Open first. Shot this in Indiana, and I'm like, look at this gobbler. I said, you think that one in Kentucky was big? And I showed him that one. He was like, so we got the fish scales out, 14 pounds. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, wow. I had good hooks on him. Man, yeah. I So the best bird I ever killed with his load he loaded for us uh, the first year we really started doing this stuff, um, it ended up having – and, and I'm pretty confident I actually knew the bird as well. The only reason I say that is because we had 10 Jakes and one full fan Tom. And then the next year, there were a bunch of two-year-olds and one very dominant bird. Yep. He had an inch and seven sixteenth spurs, and he yep. was 25 pounds. And yep. so... Uh, unless something freakish happened with one of the Jakes, um, you know, that was, that was him. And my buddy had actually peppered him on the final day of the season. And then second day of the season called him right off the, the roost on film and just literally like, I don't know how Aaron put it, but like knocked him off his feet with the wad. Basically right. like he's yep. 12 yards and you see the yep. wad just right in the head. Oh yeah. Knocked yeah. him off his feet out the footage that that footage of of those uh yeah of the of the shots was pretty amazing <laughs> that was awesome um well dude i guess we'll go ahead and and wrap this up so you can get some sleepy sleep tonight and oh, yeah. i can yeah. go help my wife with my crazy children apparently <laughs> nobody wants to sleep for a nap today or at night normally when you don't take your nap you're tired and then you sleep but i guess these little chitlins are gonna stay up and give us hell so i'll go give them hell back (laughs) um so any uh any concluders from you aaron no if you know if anything like i said hey bryce uh i appreciate you hopping on you know with us and and you know uh chatting about this you know i mean i you know we we all we share we share the same passion uh, you know, look, looking forward to, you know, keep us posted, uh, you know, throughout the season and, you know, uh, on how your season goes. And if anything, I'm, I'm sure that we'll be chatting back and forth and stuff, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm sitting right beside my reloading bench right now. So uh, I was working up some loads this evening, but uh, yeah, keep, keep us posted and man, I, I wish you the best of luck and be safe out there. Okay. Be blessed. And thank you guys for having me on. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, man. Uh, we, we really want to thank you for coming on and um, you know, all the support you showed us and uh, we really like working with you and um, we'll be excited to have you at the expo real quick. Um, your, so you make obviously Turkey loads, you're coming out with a waterfowl load yep. and then you make coyote loads. Do you do any like pistol ammo, rifle ammo, shotgun, slug oh. ammo, Nope, no slug ammo, uh, no pistol ammo, uh, rifle ammo. Well, I'm wanting to get into that there, but like COVID in the last two yeah. years is my gosh, when you got to sell your soul to get primers. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, I was about to make brass, that joke. The glass you can find and, you know, the, the powder you can find, but gosh, you pay five times more than what it should sell for. Yes. And, you know, I'm not there yet as a business where I can just, you know, I don't have, I'm debt free. I have no loans. So everything that I make, put right back into this company. And That's awesome. It. So, you know, it's, uh, with that being said is I don't have revolving capital where, you know, I can take half a million dollars and just 
buy product to start loading with, but you know, I'm, I'm just doing this one day at a time, you know, just growing it. Yeah. Enjoying it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like <laughs> if something happens at the market tomorrow, I, you know, if I got to go back to recycling, that's what I'll do. But, uh, you know, thank God for this because it's a blessing and I'm, I'm, I'm having fun doing it. Amen. But so awesome. Well, we yeah. want to thank you for uh, going to Ohio for that expo. <clears throat> and, uh, hopefully by then, uh, I'll have, uh, full range of uh, waterfowl loads and you guys will be able to get some and uh, test it um, look look forward uh, to it we'll yeah play. <laughs> pattern testing with it while while we're there and and uh, we can do this again the before duck season yeah, yeah dude that'd be hey, sweet Bryce, if yeah if anything uh tell tell the listeners where they can they can look you up on social media and your and your website buddy well the the website's foxtrotammo.com and if you want to learn some reloading and some good information, meet some good people, you know, you can go to uh, the website gobblernation.com and join up there. And uh, it, on social media, like on Facebook, you know, myself, Bryce Hensley, and then you got the Gobbler Nation uh, TSS shooters and reloaders. And there's a lot of good people on there that are real helpful. And uh, yeah, that's the group you, know, you run on Instagram, Facebook. Instagram, yep. you know, Foxtrot Ammo. So, uh, you know, a little, little bit here, a little bit there. Heck yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. And tonight we had Aaron Satterfield filling in for Rick Cates. And we were joined by Foxtrot Ammo's very own Bryce Hensley. Bryce, thank you so much. And you all thank have you. a great night. And thanks for listening. See you. Bryce, thank you. God bless. Yep, God bless you.